I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we are going to hear the vocation story of Father James Zimmer. He is a retired priest of our diocese, and he has a wonderful uh, vocation story of how he got his call to the priesthood and just a bit about him. So I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald in studio for Dr. Ah. Biblical Bites with Dr. B. Rewind the tape. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where I was going Ah, with that. ah. (laughs) Hey, Dr. B. How are you, Renee? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Renee. 15th Sunday. Nice. I hope there's no weird ones in here because, yeah. uh, We'll find out, I guess, (laughs) next week. Next week. Stay tuned. Yes. Um, So last week we looked at Luke chapter 10, Jesus sending out the the 72. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I want to continue actually this Sunday with the gospel, which is also from Luke chapter 10, one of the most well-known passages oh, okay. in the gospel of Luke. Do you know what it is, Renee? The, hmm. I'm not sure. Bill. Uh, Bill. Is Ooh. it? <laughs> Sorry, Casey. <laughs> we were just talking about Bill, so that's. I'm going to have to take a pass on this one. Oh, right. is it? Is it maybe the feeding of the 5,000? No, good guess. You'll find out in a minute. Okay. So this is how the gospel starts. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He, so that's the scholar of the law, lawyers, <laughs> said in reply, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He, Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live. So the first thing I want to point out is, so the greatest commandment, mm-hmm. love the Lord your God with all your strength, and then um, love you, and then second, the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. This is not new with Jesus. Right. This is from at least as far back as Moses, it, it, at Moses, oh. that this is definitively set forth because he's a scholar of the law. So he looks to the law, the Torah, and right. it, uh, it's in Deuteronomy, I think, where it's recorded that these are this is this is the summary of basically the the law to love the Lord your God with all your strength, et cetera, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. I think, is we, we, so I think sometimes we think that Jesus was the, the idea of loving God and love your neighbor was new to Jesus. No, 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 no. no. Centuries it, before then. Not new to Jesus, but new with Jesus. It wasn't new. Jesus knew Correct. about it. <laughs> yes. It was, it was neither new to Jesus nor new no, with, with Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, the gospel reading goes on though. But because he, the lawyer, the scholar of the law, wishes wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Mm. Does that He's being remember? a smarty pants. Okay, but do you now remember? Okay. Jesus replied, a man fell victim to robbers as oh. he went down from Jerusalem. So what's the story? Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. Sure. So Renee, what, so people know the story. If you, if you didn't, uh, maybe you heard it at mass or you'll hear it at mass or you can look it up. I don't want to take time to read it. But what's the power? Do you know the power, the significance of the parable of the Good Samaritan? Uh, or there's a lot of ways you can answer that question. Yeah, there are. That's why I'm like, I know. well, I'm not really sure which way to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try one. Well, um, the power is uh, taking care of your neighbor, even if you don't know them. And maybe someone you didn't like. And even more. Or was your enemy. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we've probably talked about this in Bilgoites before, but the Samaritans and the Jews... Oh. We're like, it's like the Hatfields and McCoys mm-hmm. times 10. Yeah. Or to I think the, the only thing power. missing was they weren't actually shooting each other. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But so th- th- there is an ancient relationship between the Jewish people and the Samaritans. The Samaritans are actually sort of the half bloods mm-hmm. 
of uh, former Jewish tribes. They're the descendants of uh, of intermarrying between um, Jewish tribes centuries before with pagan peoples who were brought in by foreign powers. So they, they, they married together. So the Samaritans still followed a version of Judaism, mm-hmm. sort of a, a paganized, uh, it, maybe it's a mud blood kind of a thing. A bit like Christianity will. is today. So in some places. Oh yeah. In some places. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so Jews in a way looked down on Samaritans more than they did Gentiles mm. because like Gentiles don't know any better. Right. Samaritans are sort of like our, our distant cousin heretics, you know? And so they look really looked out. So the fact that Jesus uses as the the the, the compassionate figure here uh, uh, a Samaritan who cares for a Jew mm-hmm. so the man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho is is a Jew and he's cared by, for by a Samaritan Jesus is making the point that in he's using this story like in the story it's 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 the 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 enemy who cares for one of the Jews as a way of showing this is what it means to love your brother not just those you know not just your family members but even your hated enemy yeah and that's really tough for us as human beings so Absolutely. Uh, need we needed Jesus to show us amen thanks Doc. you bet In studio with me today is Father James Zimmer. He is a longtime priest of the diocese, and he has come in again today. He was here with us somewhat recently, and we wanted to bring him in again to tell us about how he got his call to the priesthood, because he's been a priest for a long time, and I really want to know this. He told me before we started that he's still getting called, so I want to know how this is happening. <laughs> so welcome, Father Zimmer. Uh, thank you. Thanks thank for coming for back in. I appreciate it. Um, so... We're going to get a bin, uh, some of your story. We probably won't have time to get it all in, but we'll get some of it at least. Mm-hmm. So you first tell us uh, about your family, where you grew up, all of that kind of good stuff. Uh, well, uh, I was born uh, two blocks. We lived two blocks west of Cathedral. Oh, okay. Falls when I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I say that really uh, quickly, especially when I'm around people who – kind of glory in the North End stories, <laughs> you know, that, that I'm a North Ender too. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and and, uh, and um, then we moved to Humboldt, which okay, is, yep. uh, my dad's, my dad grew up in the Humboldt area. Mm-hmm. Then, and we moved to the farm that uh, he and my mother bought. And uh, they said they wanted to raise their family in the country. Sure. And so uh, my growing up years, most of my memories are from Humboldt. Sure. Uh, how many brothers and sisters? Four sisters. Okay. And no brothers. Wow, just you. So just me. Oh, boy. Yes. Did they treat you pretty good, those sisters? Uh, yes, they did. <laughs> <Were> <laughs> I didn't you... always think so, but they did. <laughs> I'm not sure I always treated them so well. <laughs> Were you the oldest, youngest? I was fourth out of five. Fourth, okay. Right. All right. So, yeah, you had a lot of... A lot of sisters to lead the way. The, your parents probably didn't pay much attention to what you were doing in high school and stuff, did they? <laughs> well, they, they did. Or did they I, have I, to? I, I, <laughs> All right. So, um, and where did you go to school? In Humboldt or was yes. that? Okay. Uh, and uh, at that time, St. Anne's okay. grade school in Humboldt. Uh, and um, the sisters, presentation sisters, oh. uh, of course, were a, a big part of sure. my early life. I didn't know uh, they were in that area then. Okay. They were. And, sure. 
uh, I believe St. Anne's school closed, I think my senior year of high school. Okay. Okay. Um, and then did you go to college? Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, um, I want to say the priest at uh, Humboldt, St. Mm-hmm. Anne's Parish, was Father Thomas Coyne. Okay. And um, he was a wonderful priest, a great um, influence on my life, even more than I realized. Realize. I still uh, think of him quite a bit. He, he was in Humboldt for, uh, I believe, over 40 years. Oh, um, my goodness. He was came there three years before I was born. Mm-hmm. And when he left, I was a priest already. I'd been a priest six wow. years when he left. I got to That's unusual, the, isn't it, for priests to be? Uh, I emceed the program that we, they had <laughs> for farewell for him. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I got to be the MC. That had to be a little, well, weird and really cool for yes, him. <laughs> and, uh, yes, and for me both, <laughs> yeah. both of us, yes. Um, where did you go to college? Well, I went to St. Mary's University, not University now, in Winona, in Winona. Minnesota, okay. the college seminary. Okay, so you went straight to seminary. You didn't, I did. like, did you have a plan? Did you see yourself as something else besides a priest at any point? For sure. Uh, a, a farmer. Uh, I love the country mm-hmm. and farming. Anything that's outdoors, I was okay. interested. I remember thinking of forestry. Oh, uh, and, uh, you might have had to move for that. And I was pretty good at, <laughs> at well, there's, there's more I can tell. But now I'm living back at the farm mm-hmm. where I grew up on that uh, place. And one of the things I've been working on for years, it's 20 years or so, has to do with forestry. Wow. I've, I've been replacing trees, hmm. that um, uh, the, the shelter belts. Right. Uh, taking out trees that are old and diseased or dead and mm-hmm. planting new ones and so on. Very so, nice. So yeah. you get to have that interest and in, in, in your later years be able to uh, experience that, which is nice. There's something about the outdoors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so will you tell us how you got your call to the priesthood? Because I have a feeling you didn't just up one day and decide, I'm going to go to seminary. <laughs> well, yes. And, you know, it's uh, there's lots of stories. Mm-hmm. A story that came to me uh, when you first asked that, uh, getting ready for right. this program, was uh, has to do with a badger hole in the <laughs> in the pasture. Oh, this is going to uh, be good. <laughs> that, um, that we, I was just starting as a, as an altar boy. Okay. And... We had benediction on a Friday night, uh, and it was my first time ever being an altar boy. Mm-hmm. And so Father Coyne liked to have as many boys as possible there, so we had quite a few boys. Right. And I didn't do anything. Uh, all I had to do was be there sure. with the outfit on. <laughs> and um, But it was a benediction. I, the, it was not Mass. We may have had the stations. Uh, no, I think. I don't just, do benediction just, very often anymore, do we? Yeah, it was benediction of the yeah. Blessed Sacrament, um, probably the Rosary. Mm-hmm. I remember the incense being um, yeah. really attracted to that. Somehow, uh, anyway, that that was the first time I was a server, and uh, I of course knew this was a sacred thing, a holy thing mm-hmm. that took place. And the next day, my sisters and I went out in the pasture, and and we saw this badger hole. Uh, and we went up and were looking at it at the badger hole. 
And somehow it came to me that what I was part of last night, I could almost smell the incense, I hmm. think. Um, uh, what I was part of last night uh, has everything to do with this badger hole and with this pasture and with my sisters and I being here that um, it's not separate. Uh, huh. that this has to do with life. Okay. And um, that, that um, so that life is a lot more than meets the eye. Okay. Uh, and that uh, it was important to to try to live life that way, mm-hmm. uh, which I would say it is um, uh, that's that's really why Christ came was to save us from living any other way, sure, and, and restore us to living with that sense of wonder, a mm-hmm. uh, sense that God is in everything, God is all in all, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, that moment was a significant moment for me. That, I, I wouldn't say necessarily about being a priest, right? But about being human. That's really interesting that that had such a big impact on you. Just, it did. Yeah, um, God was really working on you and, then. Uh, yes, and yeah. uh, things like that that I later look back on and say, God was really there was a call going on. I'd want to stress, I think, that the call was to be human. Okay. Um, and I kind of want to say that, that our, everyone's vocation is to be human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that uh, we tend to take for granted, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. So we kind of say, well, here I am, I'm a person, human being of the human race, and now what do I do with myself? Right. Uh, but if uh, actually that being human is not to be taken for granted, mm-hmm. uh, and that if I can become more human, actually, um, more really what a human is meant to be, which is not a cookie cutter, it's unique for each one of us. Right. So if I can become myself really in my humanity. Mm -hmm. And it's the thing that God called you to that you're supposed to become. Yes. Right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So did you feel at some point as you grew up, you're, you're... trying to understand what it means to be a human, did you feel at any point there that, okay, yes, I'm going to go be a priest? Um, or was it just... Yeah, and I, yeah, well, I don't know that I would have been saying to myself, I'm trying to be human. I, I'm saying that now <laughs> right, looking right. back. Yes. But, but, but seeing it, though, uh, yes. Yeah. And, well, very. I've had uh, times where I thought it would be neat to be a priest. This, the sisters would say that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you boys should think of being a priest. You girls should think of being a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, one, a, a, a man from Humboldt um, became a priest of Blue Cloud Abbey, Father oh. uh, Columban Malloy. Okay. And uh, he, by I don't think he was from Humboldt all his growing up years, but he had connections and uh, became a Benedict. And he had his first mass there when I was in grade school. Okay. And so I remember that first Mass and being just intrigued and thinking, what must this be like for him? Mm-hmm. And he's never done this before, and now here he is. And so it was very interesting. And the next day, I think, in school, sisters asked him, would any of you boys be interested in being a priest? Some of the guys raised their hand, and uh-huh. I did not. I remember thinking, no. <laughs> I do not I have want other that. plans. <laughs> yeah, I would not want to be a priest. Uh-huh. Um, 
very clearly that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so... So something changed along the way. Been, there's, and it's been for me, in a sense, up and down like that. Really? All along the way. Wow. Oh, I would say, yes. <laughs> That's interesting to hear that. I'm, you know... I bet you're not the only priest who's felt that way. Oh, I don't think I am. <laughs> and, it, and it's probably a relief for other priests to hear that from somebody. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to say, oh, I'm not the only one. Right. So, because it's not an easy, it's not an easy vocation. Well, as, as no vocation is, mm -hmm. uh, being human isn't uh, necessarily easy, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, also beautiful and mm -hmm. meaningful. Right. Even in its trials and mm -hmm. sufferings, we talked about that yeah. on the program yeah. about, uh, about the, the hospital. hospital. Chest, but, yep. uh, it, even in the sufferings, mm -hmm. but um, so and we all go yeah. through those. Whether your vocation is to marriage or to priesthood or religious life, there's going to be suffering no matter what. Right, so, and, yeah. and times when you're going to say, "Is this really what I am meant for?" Or right. Is this really what I want? And um, and then the beauty of discovering, oh yeah, this is this is where I belong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you've just joined us, we are talking to Father James Zimmer about his call to the priesthood and just his experiences as a priest. Now, so um, did you have some fear or hesitation, uh, especially when you were in seminary? Uh, how did that how did that go for you? That was up and down also. Uh, <laughs> okay. And um, uh, fear, I, I think I've had more fears than I would let myself admit, probably. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the fears of, can I do this? Uh, can I mm -hmm. handle it? Um, and uh, so, uh, and and then the, the fear, am I doing the right thing? Or is this what I should do? Sure. And so I... Um, let's see how to answer that. I, I I always wanted someone else to make the decision for me. Oh, uh, like everybody to, else. To, someone yes, else, please uh, help me. <laughs> that um, uh, I remember thinking at uh, one point. I believe this was the end of my junior year in college mm -hmm. seminary. We went uh, into a visit with the rector, the head of the seminary, mm -hmm. uh, and. I remember standing outside his office thinking, I hope he's going to say, well, we see you as a really good person, but we can see that priesthood is not your vocation. You were hoping someone would give you a way out. Would, yeah, huh. that he would uh, say that, and then I'd say, oh, okay, good. He didn't say but that. He did not say that. Because <laughs> here you are. <laughs> yes, and I remember being almost disappointed or <laughs> And at the same time, knowing, I don't know, I, you know, I really can't expect that someone else he's going to say that. Yeah. Although that can it happen. Yes, it, certainly. It, it, it can and does happen yep. where others will see more quickly than you right. their vocation. Right. Well, I'm glad he didn't say that because I think you've been a pretty good priest over it, the years, I think. Well, I hope. <laughs> I haven't. I hope. I, yeah. <laughs> I have hopes. I was just thinking this is maybe off the track just a bit, but maybe not so much. Um, I did take a year's time as a priest. Mm -hmm. Bishop Carlson gave me permission to look at monastic oh, life. right. 
And this was, uh, uh, I took the year from July of 97 to July of 98. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really grateful to Bishop Carlson for allowing me to do that. And, um, uh, and th I, I'd been building up for some time thinking of this for years. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one of the places where I went during that year mm -hmm. was a Carmelite a group of Carmelite hermits in Colorado. Okay. And what I said about that others can see it quicker than you do mm -hmm. uh, is that it just did not fit me. Right. And they saw it uh, much clearer than I did. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, like one of the ways they saw it, I got sick while I was there. Mm -hmm. um, and um, but there were other ways too that... Uh, and when they sat down with me and said this, it made perfect sense. Right. I said, oh, you, what you see is absolutely right. right. And, and I didn't necessarily like it, but I knew that it was the truth. Sure. That, uh, that it was really true. I didn't, that isn't where I fit. Right. So, and it was really good for you to get that year then because it kind of yes. gave you a chance to settle your heart about mm -hmm. where you were exactly. or where you should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it did, and um, uh, well, I'll go back to the other place where I went. Mm -hmm. I really fit better. It was uh, the Trappists, so the Cistercians uh, in Mepkin Abbey in uh, South Carolina. Okay, uh, and I really, in many ways, loved the life there, and I fit well, fit in well, mm -hmm. um, and yet uh, I came to see that it. It wasn't enough. The way I said it was, my desire for this life isn't enough to sustain me. Oh, okay. And the things I missed about diocesan or parish priesthood were particularly were preaching and hearing confessions. Oh, sure. I remember saying, I really miss that. I don't know that I can live without that. Sure. That's interesting. So, um, yeah. So, okay. So you have been, when were you, I'll let you take that drink. When were you ordained? This has been a lot of years. In um, 1976, so okay. July, June 3rd, 1976. Okay. I was about four. Um, how about that? <laughs> um, I just gave away my age. Oh, yes. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, we'll be celebrating that jubilee here pretty yes. soon. <laughs> um, so what has been the biggest challenge for you and your priesthood over the years, um, you think? I, I think... Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Probably the biggest challenge is to, um, I think, uh, I'm thinking of this in the terms of what another, a priest whom I really follow and admire, mm -hmm. Father Giussani, the founder of the Catholic Movement Communion and Liberation. Oh, yeah. And when they asked him, um, they used I'm going into a long story. T.S. Eliot, the poet, had written, has humanity failed the church or has the church failed humanity? Mm -hmm. And he answered both. Sure. Was his, when they asked him that. And I don't exactly remember what he said about humanity has failed the church, but he said, the church has failed humanity when we've been ashamed of Christ. Okay. And I would say that's been the challenge for me is... Sure. Not to be ashamed of the of the human weakness of Christ. Sure. 
and of his um, maybe his failure, mm-hmm. and um, in, or in me the failure, or or his um, smallness, or mm-hmm. his way of not being what everybody thinks he should sure. be, but being what God wants him to be. Right. And I think that's the challenge: hmm. is to stay with with um, with Christ, right? As He shows Himself, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what's the biggest blessing? Uh, Is it confessions? Well, because you just uh, you just said you couldn't so, live without that part. But. Yes, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, I, I suppose the biggest blessing is when I've been able to uh, stay with Christ as he shows himself sure. to me, you know, yeah. like in the confessional and mm-hmm. um, in the hospital. Um, yeah, that's the blessing. So, yeah, Good. Really, yeah. Good. Okay, so we only have about a minute left, and I want to make sure we— we get two things in. So the first one I want to know is if a young man came to you, or even a not, a not so young man, and said that they were thinking about becoming a priest, what advice would you give them? Uh, the, I don't know if there'd be just a one <laughs> yeah. certain advice to give, but it would be obviously to ask God about it. But, but I think to um, uh, bring that question to... Uh, the church, I mean, like that. Well, like I guess vocations I director, did. Yeah, yeah, vocations director, pastor, uh, to to ch- test it out. Sure, that's probably the thing. Test yeah. it out. Yeah, um, put it to the test. Yeah. yeah, that's great advice. And that's yeah. and many many priests always say, of course, pray about it because, like you said, ask God about it. <laughs> For sure, uh, <laughs> we have to. And, 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 of course, the way he answers is in real life, and so that's what right. putting in the test is about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then the other thing I want to know is, uh, even as a retired priest, so you're not responsible for a parish anymore, but you still do many things in parish and so on as a sub. So what can the people of the diocese do for you? Um, that's a good – of course, <laughs> pray. People do pray. Uh, you know, I, I think um, – they do so much just by being themselves. Okay. Uh, by really following their vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's yeah, perfect thing yeah. for us to do. If we can follow our vocations to the oh. best we can, what a testament to the priests who have who have taught us over the years, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, so again, so, that twenty minutes went super fast. <laughs> As it always so, does. So here we are. I know you have a. I know you have a much bigger story. So I hope um, maybe sometime we'll have to have you back in and and mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about your story. Um, do you sub in certain parishes more often than others, where people might be able well, to see you? I uh, not not necessarily. Although I mostly it's been in Sioux Falls. Okay. I, mean, I, mean, I suppose this isn't the right public service announcement. But actually, I've been. <laughs> Uh, I sort of surprised that I haven't been asked more than I have. Oh, uh, and uh, well, come on, guys! So they, Father they went, Zimmer's just waiting. Yeah, I'm thinking I need to to send a little thing out saying that here I am. Remind everybody you're still out there. <laughs> so I've I've been asked more in the Sioux Falls area, sure, sure, than anywhere else, which well, makes sense. Yes, I mean, it does because yeah. you're close by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you again, Father, for coming in and sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it, and we will pray for you. Thank you. All right. You uh, you can always find us at sfcatholic.org anytime. You can find our videos, uh, links to uh, all of our podcasts 
and of course, information about the diocese that you might be looking for. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.